Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. to action action the podcast that watches all the action movies and puts them on a big giant list this is a special week we have a special guest this week uh ryan what's up man hey guys how's it going are we hey, doing radio are we are we doing radio voices because i i could have made a character up but i wasn't yeah. sure I mean, if james, yeah james, so you're james has the radio voices down. james has the best radio voice so we're gonna give you your radio voice your radio voice is gonna be the lemming. The le- oh, okay, thanks. The lemming. That's not, <laughs> that's this is some positive. Like. I don't even know what a, what that is. It's, I mean, what would your radio voice be? I mean, let's yeah. Hear what will your pick one? I, I'm not, now I'm on the spot here. I just <laughs> what I, what what I actually had in my mind was uh, uh was the bobcat. Oh, the bobcat. Now that, now that's cool. That's <laughs> fucking cool. I don't hey. get anything cool like that. I'm like the possum. The, or something. the links. Hey. So but I got I got the house cat. So yes, the house cat getting into my territory. <laughs> oh, Ryan, do you want to be the lynx? Honestly, <laughs> the lynx. So here's that's, the thing. Yeah, that's Is not that bad. The, when I was growing up, the lynx was my absolute favorite animal. Well, then I could be so. the lynx. Then if you have a personal connection to the lynx, I have a personal John. connection <laughs> to that. Yeah. You should be the lynx. <laughs> okay, I'll be the lynx then. Awesome. <laughs> Already connecting these two. <laughs> house cat, lynx. Uh, the, possum. the possum and John. <laughs> hey, John. what's and up? John. I've never had a nickname. No one's ever been able to like give me a a name that stuck. I mean, a lot of people call you like fuckface, but that's not like to your oh, face. Oh, I've been called cunt a lot. <laughs> uh, not just by Ryan, but by other people. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> So anyway, uh, hey Ryan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, guys, thanks for having so me. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm a bi- I've been a longtime fan of the show. Ever since Stone Cold. Yeah, since Stone Cold, that was the the first action action joint that I uh, that I listened to that I saw sought out on the uh, the Apple um, you know, the Apple podcasting uh, 
platform. I don't, you know, feel they need to get plugged because, you know, they're pretty big now, Apple. I think they're, they've been blowing up for a few <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, any uh, other, any other uh, mega corporations that you want to just like uh, shout out? Um, Tesla, uh, I don't know. PayPal, um, that, you know, the handles the, yeah, the alphabet, I always forget alphabet even exists. I know they're the parent company of Google, but because Google's like, like like a like a mega corporation like something like that would be in like Silicon Valley like uh, Huli or whatever that I always forget that Alphabet's actually like the bigger entity that owns Google. Uh, yeah, well, we're just we're covering all the ad space here. I mean, eventually someone maybe will actually even want to give us a, an ad on the show. Yeah, so this is an action movie podcast. <laughs> right, we talk about action movies here. Where we talk about action movies. And we're doing one that Ryan brought to the show. Yes, I mean, yes. Is, you've already brought, kind of brought three movies to the show. In a sense, yes, right? I, I have. And uh, the last show, the, the sorry, the last um, movie I brought to you guys was Riccio, which is one that you, the, all three of you hadn't seen, which is even better because your guys are experiencing for the first time, based really on my recommendation, which is always cool. So yeah, yeah uh, which so that uh, movie's great. awesome. So, yeah, so like, I think we're gonna, what we're going to do this episode is we're gonna, we're going to skip a, uh, uh, what we watched this week. Um, because I, so I watched a bunch of stuff though, so yeah, we could talk too. about it on the show. <laughs> okay, I literally well, watched well, like eight different things because okay, I was like, I want to be part of the seek and destroy segment. That was part of this yeah, whole now thing. You're taking away his opportunity. Yeah, like I have, I have notes. I have copious notes, John. I was gonna I, take that away. I made an effort. I wasn't like James and come on and was like, I watched one Adam Sandler movie from hey. 27 years ago, and that's all. And then pass. I actually watched a bunch that's of things. Hey, fuck you. Hey, this fucking guy. Hey, James, <laughs> let's, like, I, this fucking guy. Like, I'm, I'm being muzzled here. Say. I give you guys money, and you're muzzling me. <laughs> I spent hours watching movies, ignoring I mean, my yeah. wife. And I'm I mean, being muzzled. <laughs> All right. Okay. Can, I mean, can if I he back? wants to do like a 20 movie watch list thing, I mean, we got to let him do it, right? Well, I got to know what you <laughs> yeah, guys watch I too guess. as well and if there's any overlap. Sure, sure. Can I can, uh, can we back up that? Can we uh can we ask what did you think of our Ricky O episode? What did you think of uh, our take on it? I thought it was phenomenal. Like I was laughing most of the whole time. Like when uh, I never realized that he went to university to play the flute. You guys brought yeah. that to my attention, and I thought that was actually really hilarious. That was and that they were just I like, can't believe that. So nonchalant about it. Like, Ricky, you went to university to play the flute. Like, and you're not a Starbucks <laughs> barista. A, yeah, nobody says that because it's something weird. <laughs> yeah. Did you work at Starbucks, That's Ricky? Normal. <laughs> I'd say Ricky O is. Um, be the best goddamn barista you ever had. I I, I think it's, that that might be one of my favorite films that we've watched as like a, a something I had no understanding of. I I didn't I didn't know that movie before we watched it. it like I went in completely blind. I, I think that has to be in my top ten favorite. Like, hey, here's this movie. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, just as a surprise thing. I mean, I knew a little bit about the movie because I'd watched some YouTube clips of it over the years, but for some reason never watched it. So watching it was just, the f it was the best. It's just yeah. such a mind-blowing fucking movie. It's ridiculous. I mean, I thought it was fantastic. So it was right up my alley, right? You know, Ryan knows me so well. Uh, <laughs> I could tell he listens to the podcast. and He, he knows you're a gore whore. I, I know your innermost th your thoughts, uh, James. <laughs> your innermost thoughts. Yeah. 
There's not many, so <laughs> you figure so it out. It goes back and forth between like Adam Sandler and like blood splatter. Yeah, this yeah. guy yeah. Ryan's got James's rookie card. That's for sure. And and, he, and it had sweet sideburns. That rookie card did. So hey, Ryan, what's uh, <laughs> what's your favorite like, like what's your favorite genre of action movie? I think that's um, pretty important. Like, um, there's so many out there. I I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like them all. Like like. Like like an office space. Which Michael Bolton song do you like? I kind of like them all, you know. That's, but uh, the reason I picked this the movie we're doing, the Italian Connection, is because I wanted to bring to your guys' attention kind of a lesser known facet of the action genre as a whole. Yeah, this is a subgenre we have not touched on at all up to this point. I think that with bringing actually Ricky O. And bringing this movie um, to our attention have been incredibly advantageous to us to kind of like branch out to different styles of film, like a- action films. I mean, there's only so many Schwarzenegger and Van Damme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and like I said, I was there's there's a, some stuff I other stuff I thought of too that I could have recommended that was more you know contemporary '80s or '90s like North American kind of action movies. But then I was like. No, I want to pick something that's that I can come on and talk about that's unique and different. And uh, these types of films were only kind of made in Italy between about 1968 and 1980. And they really peaked between about 1972 and 1977. They were like the dominant action genre there. But they never really saw much popularity outside of Europe like other now, genres. Can you pronounce this genre for us? Uh, I yes. Always, when I, whenever I read it, I'm like, what? How do I say uh, that? I, I, well, I might butcher it, but I think I kind of have been trying to... I think I might have the pronunciation down. So, colloquially, they're referred to as Eurocrime. That's kind of the general mm-hmm. term. But in, it, in Italian, it's Poliziotetsky. Poliziotetsky. Yeah. And that basically just means basically police movies in Italian. Right. Well, before we get into the movie that we watched this week... Um, I think we should blast through some Seek and Destroy, like you mentioned, Ryan. Yes. Like, uh, uh, I don't want you to go first. I want you to. I want you to go last. Save the best for last. I, I like it, John. Let's I, do it. I, I think that that there's no doubt that 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 you put the most effort into this, and it should be honored. Uh, James, what what's what's yours? Uh, well, I didn't really watch too much i can't remember i did watch a movie last week but obviously uh, it wasn't good enough for me to remember um <laughs> wow. probably some rob schneider movie or some shit like Deuce that bigelow 2 um, european yeah. the, the, the hot chick <laughs> the hot um, but uh i did for whatever reason uh i came across um a and e has this uh biography thing with ah, wwe yeah, I know where you're going yeah <laughs> and so i watched the two-hour biography on stone cold Me too. which was fantastic uh, it was it just makes me think back to like the attitude era and just be like fuck that was a great i I just want to state for the record that in my heart it'll always be the wwf and i will never Mm. acknowledge it ever being the wwe amen yeah i hear (laughs) you um so i watched that and just you know 
obviously it's a partnership with the WWF and <laughs> it's only going to show, you know, the the nice side of everything basically. Right. Yeah, Vince McMahon's like, kind of an asshole. Oh, he's a straight up. Yeah, asshole. he's a real big asshole. Like a lot of wrestlers have died like tragically and at young ages and it's really yeah. horrible and he's just kind of I think I watched an interview with him and he's just kind of like, "Yeah, what do you want from me?" basically was his attitude. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he is possibly the greatest uh, TV villain and real life villain. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. He's um, an interesting fucking person. It would be. It would be. I hope there's like a real detailed book about his life at some point once he dies or something. And I remember like pay per views from twenty years ago. He was a jack motherfucker. Like when he like oh, would yeah. fight like Stone Cold and stuff is, in actually. cage matches. He was a. He's he was jacked. He was a CEO and he was, he, he was fucking, fucking jacked. He was he was into those those roids. Yeah, he was sure. into whatever yeah. Mark McGuire hit home runs with. So can I just <laughs> say this is that um, nobody who has been quote unquote jacked has ever been like, oh well, he seems like a great person. <laughs> hey, what do you mean the Rock? The Rock yeah, I was just gonna say the Rock, John. No, that's that's he, that's different. Uh, he also, just. <laughs> How's that he's, just, he's not on. He's not on steroids. He's on. He's on adrenochrome. Well, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that you picked the wrong, the wrong person with the rock with me, which is that I don't. Like, he's not the biggest rock fan. This guy. I also don't like him that much. Uh, More of a Vin Diesel. He he goes on the Vin Diesel side. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> actually. Fight. I actually go on. If, if, but honestly, though, if it wasn't for the Vin Diesel. Um, the Rock and Chinese moviegoers, the whole film industry would be insolvent, really. I wish it was insolvent, though. Oh, wow. Well, we wouldn't have so many... We wouldn't have so many comic book movies. You wouldn't have a four-hour Zack Snyder cut without these, you know, these individuals. Yeah, that sounds awesome. (laughs) I mean, yeah, okay, now you're making me switch to John's side. Yeah, can we we set this all on fire? Because that sounds pretty cool. So I watched that biography, and then I, I I think it was before or after I don't know I I PVR'd it, but there was the um, they have a show called it's like f- they're trying to find the lost treasures yeah of, treasure hunt or some shit yeah I, I don't, what, uh, what is it. It's basically so they pick like a wrestler, like a Hall of Fame wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. So for this episode, it was Mick Foley, and so they were trying to find certain items, like they were trying to find one of the original sock Socko. Mister oh, Socko, or was it? Was yeah, Socko, I think. Yes. Yeah, so they're trying to find that, and then so they go to all these different collectors, and so you get to meet these collectors and all the stuff they have, and they talk about all the stories of. You know okay. how was, that, was it good? Yeah, it was. It was interesting. I found it to be interesting. So, um, yeah, I don't know. For whatever reason, I spent three hours watching this. <laughs> so, well, I watched the Stone Cold part. I didn't watch the the treasure hunting because I wasn't sure what it was. But and, and I saw next week is going to be uh, I think Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Yeah, yeah, Rowdy Rowdy Rowdy. Yeah, Mister, I'm here yeah. to chew uh, bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm gonna say that's pretty much it. That's all I watched. All right, Dustin. Well, I I enjoyed that Stone Cold biography as well. It was. Uh, I mean, yes, you're right. It's not like an in-depth 
a documentary that shows all the negative sides of stuff either. It's just yeah, it's like it was, and it was very much like about his wrestling career. It wasn't really about all his life exactly, but well, um, I kind of got from that that he was a shitty, shitty dad. Yeah, and husband, I think, <laughs> and husband. Yeah. So it didn't really get into it, but you know, it's like Michael Jordan doing a documentary on himself, right? It's kind right. of similar, similar like. So I, you know, well, I appreciate you saying that, James, actually. Because I think that too often that we don't consider who's behind the documentary. Oh yeah, this when is definitely like the WWE has teamed up with a yeah. Any. yeah. Like I'm not, and I feel like I have a huge problem with that stuff. Where it's like, like I won't watch the Jordan documentary. Um, oh, I thought it was good. But it, yeah, but it, at the same time though, it's kind of. Because it's in cahoots with the person that it's kind of about, it's kind of glossed over kind of the, let's say, unflattering parts of the story. Yeah, oh, I, oh, I know that, Ryan, but I, exactly, I still like it. Yeah, and yeah. Ryan, that's what I totally have a problem with, where yeah. it's like, they're not being honest. I, I'll, I will eventually watch the Jordan documentary because he's, I mean, he's a, bohem- he's a behemoth. Like, he's one of the most important figures in my youth i think michael know, jordan James. babe ruth and uh muhammad ali really yeah, like obviously the, the, babe babe <laughs> ruth. all the titans i was uh <laughs> southern on, southern on yeah the salt of the swat he you know he could you know down a gallon of beer eat four hot dogs and hit four dingers he was just he was a a, a man to behold i guess what was uh what was our list there it was bo jackson wayne gratsky <laughs> Oh, isn't that that? What was that yeah, show? Michael Remember Jordan. the Michael the Jordan? It was the cartoon. Yeah, they yeah, were like the, the, the All Stars or, or something. Yeah, something. Yeah. Pro something All Stars. Yeah. Well, we also had uh, Ken Griffey Jr. on there. He wasn't in the cartoon. Oh, he wasn't. No, in the no. Cartoon. But I mean, like when we were talking about all this, we were talking about like posters that people had on their wall. And yeah, well, I think that Ken Griffey Jr. is possibly one of the most forgotten about incredible athletes. Well, he basically, well, as soon as he left Seattle, he basically, injuries basically just ruined his career. He went to Cincinnati and basically played 10 years of mediocre baseball and then got in the Hall of Fame basically based on his time in Seattle, really. Oh, absolutely he did. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget him, but only because he was on that episode of The Simpsons. Well, yeah, he was, he had that, was a gigantism. <laughs> the gigantism, yeah. Yeah, the tonic he had. Dawson, what's your, uh, what's your pick? Uh, let's see. Well, I watched uh, this movie called Tightrope with Clint Eastwood this week, which is one that I've never seen of his. Uh, and this was kind of an interesting movie. Have you seen this, uh, Ryan? This is the, I think I, I, I watched it a few years ago. This is the one where he's like a New Orleans detective and he gets like yes. caught up in some like, it's almost like almost like he's sex like a, murders kind of thing. Yeah, he's like a sex addict and he, he sees all these different sex workers and but after each one he sees they're murdered by a serial killer and that he, sounds it, disgusting he's like tied to the crimes well it's, a, it's kind of a sleazy movie which was kind of surprising to me for because clint eastwood didn't usually do that kind of thing and it actually kind of feels like a giallo movie when, when you're yes, watching it yes with where you don't where you don't know the killer and it's kind of yeah and he wears like weird masks and and stuff and, and there's always uh, the obligatory leather glove shot or something yeah, so I actually I actually had some fun with it. I don't I don't think it's amazing, but 
pretty interesting for a Clint Eastwood movie because I, I was reading some reviews and people were like, oh, it's just like another Dirty Harry movie. And I was like, it's nothing like a Dirty Harry movie. Like, he's not, his character is not remotely like Dirty Harry. What the fuck do people know? About? <laughs> yeah. Well, well it's nothing. It turns but it's out. Like, Why don't they just a- ask us to fucking tell them what they think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got a podcast. I was going to say, have you ever, like, have you seen The Gauntlet? Because that, that's another great late 70s Clint Eastwood no, cop movie I, where he's not uh, playing the Dirty Harry type. No, I, I, uh, I've been meaning to watch that, but I haven't watched that one yet. It's, it's, it's fantastic. At the end, they, there's like a, they drive through the, the streets of Phoenix in a city bus and the whole police department is on the rooftop shooting down at them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really good, actually. I totally recommend it. I will, uh, I will check that one out eventually. Uh, my my destroy this week. I'm gonna go with uh, this movie I watched called Private School. This is like an '80s. It totally sex, sounds like an '80s kind of comedy. Yeah, it's uh, Phoebe Cates and Matthew Modine, and it's basically like Porky's and Animal House, uh, except with like a little bit more from the girls' perspective, the, the female characters. But it's just as raunchy as those movies, and uh, unfortunately not funny though. <laughs> but it has like a really good soundtrack. So there's a lot of TNA. So if that's your thing, that well, it's, is it it's kind of like a new that. wave kind of soundtrack, or what kind of soundtrack is it? Yeah, it's it's got a little new wave. It's '83, so it's maybe just a little before that that stuff really hit. But um, I don't know. All the songs seem really appropriate for the scenes that they like a like a fa- like the soundtrack is something like a fast time turn on high kind of deal kind of yeah maybe not quite as iconic. But I thought that whoever chose the the songs for each scene like really matched them up pretty well but um i don't know it's it's not a it's not a good movie because it's not funny <laughs> if maybe if i'd seen it as a teenager i would uh i'd more i'd appreciate it more but if you're in the mood for some kind of a porky's thing i guess it's uh, well when you were a teenager the graduate was probably in the theaters so <laughs> oh getting in on the old <laughs> age yeah. jokes oh, there. Okay, fucking okay. burn hey hey ryan do you want my job um, well, you're so good at it, John. I don't really want no, to take it from you. You have no idea. I try to quit this podcast every single week. <laughs> I know you. You've repeatedly, and you actually also plug other people's podcasts on your own podcast. Of course, I do, because uh, there's nothing more that I want than like to, you want to burn the system down, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of so. Stop listening. Like and your go brothers listen made to this, this with his blood, sweat, and tears, and you just want to tear it all down. Out of some sort of spite. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I understand what, yeah. <laughs> All of this makes sense to me. John, what did you watch? No, I haven't really watched much. Uh, uh, I'm all caught up on um, Invincible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I started watching that. It's. Oh, what did you think, James? I actually, I thought it was really good. I watched the first two episodes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the ending of the first episode, it's like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. That's pretty it's pretty awesome. Um it's kind of weird for me to watch a cartoon that's more adult content or more like I don't watch a lot of cartoons, so and if I do, they're usually like kids cartoons, so Yeah. Um, you're more of a Peppa Pig kind of guy. Peppa Pig. Uh, more of a Pokio. <laughs> Pokio uh, rules by the way. Peppa Pig likes to fat shame, but um, let's not get okay, into the politics. Let's not talk about. <laughs> are, we canceling, right. are we canceling more people? Do you want to get? Are we canceling people again? Come on! I'll cancel that uh, pig. I'm so no, sick of no, canceling. No, no. So here's I've had it up to here with canceling. Ryan, Ryan, what you have to understand is that uh, James runs a strict anti Peppa Pig household. No, I, you know, you know, I hope Tom John, Holland gets canceled. I, John, 
I run a I run a very pro Peppa Pig household. Yeah, it is a source of friction. To, all the time. Yeah, this is probably the. James and I don't really disagree on a lot of things, and uh, this is probably the biggest one. <laughs> John, that's it? You watched Invincible? Anything no, what I, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about a new show that I really, I really fucking loved, actually, uh, called Mayor of uh, Easttown. Uh, it's a new uh, HBO show, and I sound like a commercial, but I really liked it. I really liked it a lot. It's super fun. Explain, explain this program. You haven't watched it? I nope. figured, Dustin, I figured you would have watched it. Is that the one where there's like commercials where they're trying to take a statue down or something? No. No. It's a, it's a, it's a crime show um, with uh, Kate Winslet. She is uh, the main character. She's a Philadelphia cop with a Philadelphia accent, which is like kind of crazy. <laughs> Here. Does she use the word hoagie at times, or <laughs> no? But she uses the she word. Eats a lot of cheese sticks. She does. She <laughs> actually has perfected the um, Philadelphia accent for an, an for an outsider. Um, a lot of witters and uh, whatnot. Because um, I've been, it's funny because I've been actually reading a lot of books on the Philadelphia crime family, like on the mob there in Philadelphia, and it's this colorful history. And I there's an interview on YouTube of the. Um, of the, un- the underboss who turned um, state's evidence and testified against his uncle in Philadelphia, who was the boss. And he has, like, this hilarious, he's, like, they can seal his face. Like, he's, like, completely blacked out. But he has, like, this hilarious Philadelphia accent. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is that the Philadelphia accent is kind of a thing. There's a, it, 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 there's a lot of articles out right now, if people want to read them, about why people don't do a Philadelphia accent. Um, I think she kills it. Uh, I feel like the, it's like the Boston accent gets overdone. Yeah, but it's... Yeah, that one, that uh, one you see in movies all the time, yeah. right? Or like a, like a Brooklyn or a New Jersey. Those show up a lot, I feel like, in movies and stuff. But it's, I, I'm I, not sure I could identify a Philly accent. It's, I, I just want to say that she does such an amazing job. That, like, this show is so good. Um, I don't want to take anything away from it. Like, it, it's... It's 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 a really good show. The first episode is out. Uh, watch it. It's it's really good. Mayor of Easttown is that what you said? Uh, yeah, M A R E. Is it shot on look? Is it shot on location and everything? I think so. Like her name down, is down, her yeah. name is Mayor M A R E of okay. Easttown. Um, it's just a really great show. So. I just don't like when they take shows and they like set it in Boston, but then they shoot it somewhere else. It's like. If you're gonna sh- if you're gonna set it somewhere, do it there. Well, shoot it if in, this sh- uh, Cochrane, Alberta. Yeah. yeah if, the, if this show's not <laughs> shot there, then I mean I can't tell. Like like imagine the wire not in Baltimore. Like it's not the same show. Yeah, but where are you where are you at, Ryan? I'm in Edmonton, but I'm but uh, I'm not like from <laughs> Alberta. I'm from Ontario so, originally. Funny funny <laughs> thing is, is, I'm from that Ontario I, originally. I'm not an actual Alber- okay. quote unquote Albertan. I like that you're cut, creating some distance between yourself and Alberta. <laughs> yeah. The province of Alberta, yes, it has to be done. Well, now you got to tell us what you watched. What are you going to oh, see? Oh yeah, well I, 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 well now I have to. Yes. Well, the first one I watched. Well, I had a, I have a pretty vast movie collection. I have like fifteen hundred Blu-rays. Holy shit! So I kind of wow. just kind of. I'm not one of these. I don't really use streaming as much. I just kind of pull one off the shelf because I actually have a lot of stuff I actually haven't even watched. Yeah. I bought it more because I read about it or heard about it from somebody else, and we're like, oh, I want to or. 
said, oh, this sounds like something that's right up my alley kind of thing. And I right. have a lot of movies I haven't even watched yet that I own to, to the air of my significant other and everything else. <laughs> but, you know, she lets me take up an entire room in our house. So I'm very much appreciative of her for that. You got to give props. Yes, you have to give yeah. props. So anyways, That's awesome. So well, the first movie, I, like, I wanted to impress Dustin, honestly, because I know Dustin's like the film buff of the group. So I pulled something off the Criterion shelf. Oh. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, so that, I can see Dustin's heart's palpitating ooh, right wow. now. He's like, oh, ooh, Criterion, highbrow. <laughs> anyways, I watched La Samurai. Have you oh, seen this, yeah. Dustin? I have not. I, I've been meaning to watch that one, too. That's been, like, really high on my list. That's, like, a, it's kind of like a French heist noir yeah, kind of uh, movie, Yeah, it's right? kind of like the one of the precursors, actually, to Poliziotesky or Eurocrime, where they were kind of based on, basically, those new wave kind of French crime flicks, and then also the American Dirty Harry, um, French Connection, Godfather-type yeah. movies. Oh, so it's about... It's with the... Um, Alain Delon, who was like the, at the time, like the, the biggest star really in the world everywhere else, but over here in North America. And he plays this guy, Jeff, which like full contact carries on the history of, uh, or sorry, the tradition of people named Jeff who are badass motherfuckers, I guess. <laughs> oh, right. Full and uh, yeah. basically he, he gets contracted to do a job and he, and then he basically pulls the job off perfectly completely conceals his identity, has an, ally, has an alibi, has a backup alibi for the alibi. And then there's a, and then there's a girl, and, but this cop who's investigating it doesn't believe that, um, you know, he doesn't believe his alibi, even though it's basically airtight, and keeps digging. And then anyways, it's just basically a cat and mouse game of him trying to stay one step ahead of this cop while he's trying to prove that he killed this guy. And then the the people that hired him to pull the job then think he's compromised and they come after him and they try to kill him too. That sounds uh, sounds pretty damn good. Yeah, it's it's I, I enjoyed it and it has like that typical French new wave kind of sensibility to it like your you know your that style of film like your Truffaut kind of. Uh, what else did you watch, Ryan? Okay, so so then I watched. I remember a few episodes ago. Uh, you guys were talking about uh, Dustin. You watched uh, Night in the City, that Jules Dassin film noir. Yeah, yeah. So then I said, man, I got to watch this film noir. So then I watched Kiss of Death from 1947, the uh, film with um, uh, Richard Win Winmark as uh, Tommy Udo. I'm trying to remember if Kiss of Death is the one I've seen or if it's, um, no, I'm thinking of Kiss Me Deadly. Yeah I, have, yeah, I have Kiss Me Deadly as well. I haven't actually watched it yet. No, I've seen Kiss, Kiss Me Deadly, but I have not seen Kiss of Death. So anyway, so Richard Winmark was also in Night in the City, right? And yes. he's also in this? Yes. So basically, the plot of it is, it's this, this guy. He basically he pulls a uh, like a jewelry heist. And the cool thing about this movie, and the reason I actually really liked it, was they shot it on location in New York, uh, at in like and used all real locations in the 1940s, which is cool because then you get to see what life was back then. Because a lot of yeah, stuff yeah. at that time used mostly sound stages in Hollywood and stuff like that. Yeah, that is the same type of things that Dassin and did Naked too, City right? was like that as well. It's another movie that I've seen that I have. That's a that's another one of those types of movies as well. Yeah, that was a Dassin one, right? Yes, Dassin yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So anyways, he he pulls a heist and he ends up getting arrested. And the DA basically says, "Well, tell me who was involved, and you know we'll uh, cut a deal." And he says, "You know, no, no, I'm going to go to jail. I'm not turning my buddies." And he's trying to be solid. Anyway, so then. He goes and uh, he goes to jail and he's doing he just he's in there for three years and he's trying to get a hold of his wife and she's not returning his letters 
And then finally, somebody new shows up to the jail that's from his neighborhood, and he asked him, and he says, oh, hey, he's like, well, what happened to my wife? I haven't heard from her. He's like, oh, well, your wife killed herself. So then he's like, <laughs> so then, then the kids are with, like, the relatives or something. So then he has to now figure out a way to get out of jail because now he's, his, you know, his kids don't have their mother anymore, his wife's dead and all this. So then he goes back now to the DA that originally offered him the deal and decides to tell him who his accomplices were. Oh, okay. To get and out of jail. Imagine, and then I imagine they come after him afterwards. Yeah, so, so then what happens is yeah. when he was in jail, he was in cellmates with Tommy Udo, who's Mark, Winmark's character for a little bit, and kind of gets friendly with them. So anyways, the, the, when, he, when he starts working with this uh, district attorney guy, he's basically saying, oh, you got to give me more evidence and more evidence. Tell me some more stuff before I basically forgive the rest of your sentence, more or less. So basically, he says at one point, he says, okay, now you got to... You got to get some dirt on this Tommy Udo guy. We want to nail him, kind of thing. So he does. So they go and they they go out and they and he observes them doing it like a, I think it was like he observes them like smoking drugs. I think is what it was having a couple of jazz cigarettes, <laughs> if you will, or something like that. Is what it was or I love something. A, love a jazz. Oh, it's like the nineteen forties, anyways. So then he agrees. He says, "Well, you got to testify against Tommy Udo on this crime." I think it was whatever it ended up being. So then he testifies against them. And thinking he's going to get a big sentence and go to jail, he gets found not guilty. And then Tommy Udo comes after him. And <laughs> oh, Tommy Udo's this homicidal guy who at one point thought that um, one of the guys that did the uh, the job with the, the main character, um, he he was the one who actually squealed on the crew, not their main character. So he threw that guy's mother down the stairs who was in a wheelchair and killed her. So he's not one to be messed with. You don't trifle with Tommy Udo. Hold on a second. Jesus Christ. Okay. Let's leave a little to the imagination. I wanna I wanna watch this film. Hey, do you have a spoiler spoilers for this? Sorry, I should have said spoiler guys. John, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, listen to the thing. Uh, uh, do you I don't want to spoil the Wizard of Oz for you either, John. Okay. <laughs> what I what I want from you is, I think, what will be super interesting is, do you have a uh, do you have a a sink for a this destroy. week? A destroy. Do you um, have like something you watch that you're like, don't fucking watch this film. I watch no, I didn't watch a destroy, but I watched a movie that was really weird. Yes. Yeah, so it. it's called it's called The Swimmer. Oh yeah. Oh, and, is this? Uh, go ahead. I yeah, want to know if this is a movie it's, I'm this thinking This is a Burke of. Lancaster movie from 1968. Oh mm. my god, yeah. And and what it was, what it is, is I I'm a fan of this label called Grindhouse Releasing, and they release movies with such fantastic titles as Cannibal Holocaust, Cannibal <laughs> Ferox, <laughs> and I Drink Your Blood. Anyways, they put out this movie called The Swimmer. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna pick this up and. Uh, Eventually I'll watch it. So I've had this movie like for four years and I've never actually sat down and watched it. So I'm like, I'm going on the podcast. I should watch this fucking movie. So I did. And what a bizarre little film this is. And it's (laughs) something completely, it's not something you would double bill with Cannibal Holocaust. Let's just say that much. It's not in the Uh, same wheelhouse. I've heard a lot of people people talk about this movie lately. Is this the film where uh, he decides he's going to swim to his house? Yeah, like he lives in like, like the, a waspy part of the northeastern United States, and he's just like, I'm gonna swim back to my house through all the swimming yeah. pools of all these people that live in my neighborhood. So he just decides to do it. So he's just hopping fences and fucking swimming through everybody's swimming pools, just kind of <laughs> unabated, 
trying to get home and basically as it goes he kind of it's kind of seems almost the way it's shot it's it's very almost like this idyllic dreamlike kind of kind of feeling and basically what happens is as he goes on it's like at first you think oh yeah this guy's got it all together right he's some wealthy guy probably has one of them newfangled Kellogg Eldorados in the driveway you know he's doing okay he's you know he he's shopping at the high-end department store you know he's He's not shopping at Kmart. He's doing good. Anyways, so, yeah, but as he goes on, he interacts with people, and at first it's very positive, but then as time goes, they start to get more and more kind of strange, and he kind of gets treated kind of more shabbily kind of as he goes swimming through these people's yards. I mean, I wonder why he's getting treated shabbily trespassing, but, <laughs> but anyways, and then people are like, saying stuff about like, oh, his wife and how they, they've been having problems, and then like at one point, he's at this public pool, and they like, he like walked across the highway to go swim through the public pool to keep his whole weird pool shenanigan thing swimming across the neighborhood going. And they like treat him like kind of strange. Like they don't treat him as nice as he feels he should be treated because he's like all dirty from like walking across the highway. And they want him like to take a shower before he goes in the pool and he's like offended by it. And then anyways, and then he runs into some people there that he knew and they're like, oh, he's like, you never pay your bills. We ordered all this high-end jam at our general store for your wife and she never picked it up and you never paid and all this yeah. stuff and and this is what i hear i i i hear this film is uh it it has a very simple concept yes yeah, very it's simple in, it's incredibly complex though and by the yes. end of watching it it is it is not what you think it's gonna be yeah like i wouldn't say it's a seek or destroy it's more of an experience it would be like the movie Dustin, I don't know if you got you would be familiar with the movie called House from the 1970s. It's this weird Japanese the, Jap movie. the Japanese Hausu, yeah. Uh, Dustin, yeah, like, we've Dustin and I watched that movie together. Have you yeah, watched it more than right. that, Dustin? Yeah, I've watched it. A yeah, couple like times. it's more of a. Yeah. It's that not movie, good. Yeah. Oh, that movie fucking rules. Yeah, but it's not good or bad. It's more of just an experience. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, the like swimmers so, like it's that. It's so strange. You have to you have to see it, even if it's not like yeah. What yeah. a great film. So yeah, that's so yeah, that's basically uh, kind of a, a summary of the movies I watched this week. All right, cool. Like you know, we should let's let's pivot now. That movie actually, I really want to watch that. Yeah, you should. Uh, yeah, you should check it out, John, for sure. Is there? A, I don't know. Is there an English version of the uh, Italian Connection? This is the English. <laughs> the Italian Connection is the English version. The Italian. So when you watch the, I don't know what version you watch, but if you. Watch the version on YouTube that I sent to James. That said basically, if you guys have a tough time finding this movie, uh, check this version out. It's in HD. Anyways, um, it has the original. So it's the original negative. So it's it's La Mala Ordina, which is the original title, which is basically translated in English as The Mob Orders. And then when it was brought over here by American International Pictures in the early 1970s in the Grindhouse circuit it was changed to the italian connection as the american title but since the restoration they used uses the original italian negative it has the were italian they, title uh, you think they were trying to like play off like the italian job and the french connection yes Let's something like so them. yeah just a marketing <laughs> thing that kind of sucked people into some sort of foreign crime film using kind of two juxtaposed titles of two popular american films yeah that's and, what i was thinking when i was watching it and, and yeah, well, apparently yeah. when when they were filming it, they actually used English on set because I think they were dealing with like three or four different. Yes, yeah, there was was, German people, Italian people, Americans. Yeah, yeah this was very. So that's why it kind of lines up 
like the the English version. Yeah, so I I watched this version. I mean, James and Justin. Uh, I watched a YouTube version. I, I watched a, a Blu-ray copy that I downloaded. I could was, not find. I couldn't get that. I wanted to watch mm-hmm. that, but I couldn't get it. But this is a pretty interesting film. Um, 1978, I believe. 1972. 72. Sorry. Yes, 1972 it was right in that golden period of these types of films in Italy. Right, like you were talking about earlier at the beginning. Yes. Of the top of the show. Yeah, Poliziotteschi. Yeah, and uh, so. Uh, is this a genre that you've watched a lot of movies in? Yeah. Because honestly, I've only seen a couple. Uh, yeah, so basically, I was kind of, back in like maybe whatever, 15, 20 years ago, I started getting into Italian genre cinema mostly because I started off as a gore whore, gore hound type person. <laughs> and I saw, yeah. Yeah, and I see, you know, sought out a lot of the Lucio Fulci kind of, the Beyond, right. Sea Living Dead, zombie, where people's heads are exploding and guts and necks yeah. are getting ripped nothing apart. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing exactly. Wrong with some eyeball, nothing and, wrong with some eyeballs getting stabbed. Yeah, so then I get into those, and then you're getting into the cannibal films, and then you get into the Gialli, and then you're getting into, and then spaghetti westerns. Right, and, covering so all in, the, the post-apocalyptic, you got yeah. all the uh, So basically, the I, I basically went through Blue Underground's entire catalog and bought basically everything because I liked a lot of what I was kind of seeing, and they had a lot of these Italian crime films in there, and I didn't really know much about them at the time. And I started watching them, and I just really liked them. And um, and they were I didn't really know that it was an actual genre. I just thought these were just some random Italian genre movies that were, you know, that had been around. And then I saw a documentary by a guy named Mike Malloy in 2012 or so. That's actually about these films. And he kind of explains kind of how they kind right. of the, the Euro crime. Yes, Euro crime. Yes, correct. Yeah. And he basically explained kind of how these became, after Spaghetti Westerns, this became the next dominant genre of action film in Italy, but it never really caught on outside of Europe. Like, it was basically unknown in North America. Like, the Italian connection was one of the few of these movies they actually tried to release in North America. Yeah, uh, yeah. So a lot of them, I guess, never even showed up. And and we're t- like we're talking about with the language stuff. Yeah, the dubbing isn't nearly as bad in this. No, because they're all they're speaking English, right? They never so use direct sound for any of these. Like after, so basically, what happened yeah. was in after during when Mussolini was in charge in the in the in the nineteen when he first came to power in the nineteen twenties, he didn't want anybody to basically criticize him. So he had all the sound equipment at every studio in Italy basically removed. So because no. of that. They never did direct sound up until only, I think, up until like the, in the, only in the 1980s, they started doing direct sound. So everything was always done basically without direct sound. And then everything was looped in after pre-production, right. post, sorry, post. So they would yeah. be trying to act and guys would be hammering sets and, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. doing all this. Yeah, making they, talk about noise. That, right, on the, they talk about that on the Eurocrime documentary where you're trying to do your dialogue and there's like people walking around talking to each other. And shit. So basically it basically became Italy, basically it became two places for American actors. A is a tax haven because they could make money over there and it would be taxable in the U.S. So you saw a lot of kind of up and coming American actors, both in the spaghetti Western era and then also into the 70s, like go into Italy and make movies and also people that were blacklisted in America couldn't get work in America anymore but were still like a big name in Europe could then be sold in Europe so they would get like a Joseph Cotton which might be some uh, uh, actor that was known in Europe who had been blacklisted put him in a movie with Henry Silva call it the you know like Henry Henry Silva's in a lot of these yeah call it the Italian you know whatever and then and then sell it in Belgium based on it having Joseph Cotton in it that's what they would do 
They would try to yeah, sell I mean, these movies. I mean, you kind of, you know, you kind of see this storyline in uh, Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Yes, he that's ex- exactly the right. The arc of the character, he has to go to Italy to start making movies because yeah. he's not making any money in, in the States anymore, right? So, yeah, be- uh, I've, I have about 50 of these movies on Blu-ray. Like, I collect them, and because they're not well-known over here, there's not a ton that are out on home video over here. So I import them mostly from Europe, mostly from Germany. And I have like a region free player and everything, and they're all usually English friendly. <laughs> but I prefer so that you, you got to be you got to be hardcore to watch. Yeah, you these you have movies. to. But if you want to take the, and that's the reason I picked the Italian connection specifically is because I, I felt it's a good. It has kind of everything that I like about the genre as a whole. It's like a good sampling. So I figured it'd be a good one if I was going to bring one to you guys, introduce you to the genre. I felt this would be the one to do it because it kind of has kind of all the little things that make the genre great as a whole kind of thing. All right, cool. Well, what I think you did was I think you brought us uh, a really interesting film. Uh, I think it it was a film that I had no idea what we were getting into. Um, It started off uh, incredibly differently than what we were left with. Um, uh, it, it's a film uh, and no. it started well, and there's a beginning a middle and an end I eloquently well, put James I, yeah. I, I, I say that only because of the incredibly brutal death that happens about uh, 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 two thirds through this oh ball. that's yeah that's a punch in the gut that is yeah. an absolute um, gut punch yeah, so uh, I mean, I gotta admit, I started kind of laughing because it was <laughs> it was I, so. I thought it was hilarious. Well, well I, I know, but the so Italians don't I, really hold back, though. Either yeah. you would never what see I, that in an American movie. Well, yeah. The, so what I want to back up with is is, is that like I, uh, this is an introduction to an, uh, a, a different film style that I wasn't um, used to, but I I saw it coming. And I knew it was going to happen. What happens in the film? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to. You don't want to ruin it. <laughs> we got. We got to put it off. We got to get there uh, when we get there. <laughs> and we got to start at the beginning, right? That's where we got to start. It's, it's surprisingly the the death scene that's kind of the catalyst for the very tail end of the film is kind of uh, surprisingly brutal for a film. For, for what I was watching, um, it made me feel a little bit like I was watching, I don't know, uh, Dustin, what's the North American equivalent to this? Well, I don't know. I mean, like we're talking about those movies like The French Connection and stuff, and I think they're definitely going for that kind of thing. It's just that they do it in the Italian way, which is like everything's Exploitative kind of bit, and yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. sleazy. Sleazy, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and, and that's what it is. It's incredibly gross. So why don't we just why don't we talk about like what the plot? Yeah, is? we should do the synopsis. Uh, I can Ryan, go, go if ahead. you guys want. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, sure. Six million heroin goes missing. Luca Canali, a small-time pimp, is framed for the theft. Two hitmen are sent from New York to Milan to kill him. Luca must fight back if he wants to survive. <laughs> I mean, that's basically it. <laughs> that's basically it. I mean, okay, so. The beginning, you have the, you know, they're in that office. Yeah, with uh, um, a guy I think is Tucker Carlson's grandfather because he has a bow tie. And I'm like, 
I'm like, and I'm like, what mob boss? Like, I read a lot of books on the mafia, and I'm like, none of them have a bow tie, and they're not like, you're gonna go kill this guy, and then it's like they're wearing like a pink bow tie. Yeah, so Henry right. Silva and Woody Strode are the hitman that he's about to send. I liked his office though; it was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was pretty rich cool. mahogany that office had. <laughs> yeah. So, is that supposed to be in New York? Yeah, it's supposed to be in New York, yeah. but it's very clearly a soundstage, probably in Rome. Okay. Here, I think, okay, so these two Americans, they're going to go to Italy and they're going to, it's going to be like mostly about them. So, yeah. Because like, I, I didn't know anything. I mean, the about first 20 movie. minutes, it really feels like it's going to be their movie, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So basically what happens, and this actually happened a lot in real life at that time, is basically, and is that the heroin trade was controlled by the Sicilian mafia and basically... They would bring it over to the. They would give it to the Americans. They would smuggle it, usually actually through Montreal, and then they would bring it in to New York, and then they would sell it there all over the East Coast in something that was called the Pizza Connection. And this actually happened in the 1970s. So basically, what happened in this movie is that the mafia, basically New York, had paid for this heroin that was supposed to get brought by the Sicilian mafia, basically the U.S. to be sold there, and they some at somewhere at some point it went missing, and then now right. this Luca Canali, this small time pimp his name has basically been brought forward as the culprit right he's taking the blame yeah i mean i i gotta be honest like the plot pretty pretty thin yeah it's a little it's a thin one yeah um and so in some ways you're like well this doesn't really make sense like to, at least to me it didn't like that they would accept that this guy was the guy yeah who I never, i'm like one. like the way they make him sound in the beginning they're like Oh yeah, he's, he's like, like a, a small. He's a small town. Yeah, camp, he's a small. Right? And they don't. Yeah, they don't make. They're not like they're trying to build him up. He's like, yeah, he's just some guy that hangs out at Paco Lombro with his girls, and you know, is really a nobody. It's like, why would he be the guy that somehow got this six million dollars in heroin? Like, why would they believe it was him? Yeah, right. And, and and then we see the Italian. You know, once they go over to Italy and they meet with the Italian boss, and they're like, hey, we're here for this guy. We, you know, we want him alive because they're gonna, you know, they're gonna make an example of him um the and the boss guy like right away he's like oh they must not they must not be here for him that doesn't make any sense you know like they must know something yeah he's like he's a who's he's a peon kind of guy yeah Yeah. he's he's a small town pimp like why would they want him with with a heart of gold though i must say yeah right this man has a heart of gold (laughs) luca canali has a heart of gold yeah and Uh, uh, the actor the mario adorf that plays Luca, I, I thought he was great, and I and just coincidentally, I'd watched him in a movie earlier this week uh, called Short Night of Glass Dolls. Oh, that's movie. a Gialli. Yeah, uh, and I thought he was like one of the most standout things about that movie as well, even though he wasn't the main character in that movie. He's uh, he's still alive. He's like I think he's in his either late eighties or early nineties, and he's actually in quite a few of these Poliziotesky movies. Like you'll see actors that were in that will be in like Henry Silva was in seven or eight of these movies like yeah, yeah yeah so i want to say that i looked up uh, the uh actress actresses in this in these movies and a surprising amount of them are still alive yeah henry silva is a 91 <laughs> or 92 yeah like these people are old um <laughs> these people are old <laughs> 
Well, Dustin well, I mean, knows like, what Dustin knows what that's like. <laughs> Good. We, we, we've seen Henry Silver before, though, guys, because he was the villain in Above the Law, the Steven Seagal. Yes, film. yes, he was. He was. Oh, was he wasn't he in the CIA with him or something with Seagal? Yeah, he was like the evil CIA guy. Yeah, with Seagal worked for or whatever when he was in the Far East learning karate or something from some <laughs> sensei yes, or whatever right. it was. Those totally true <laughs> Can, stories that are yeah. confirmed. Ryan. Yes. Can you imagine having the condensed knowledge of Steven Seagal? <laughs> no. Like so, uh, I well, my my theory is this. Well, not, not it, many of us can be reincarnated Buddhas. Yeah, no. it would drive or, yeah. it would drive the average person insane. <laughs> Uh, Which so is like, why Steven Seagal is the way that he is. Well, yeah, he's well, no, uh, yeah, that's true. But he's also just waiting, just pass that knowledge on. <laughs> I, I remember your your Out for Justice podcast, and I loved the anecdote about how he didn't think somebody could choke him out, and then they did, and then he shit himself. <laughs> I always thought yeah. that was fucking hilarious. I laughed. <laughs> And we that, do like to yeah. bring that story up. <laughs> yeah, that's a oh, really yeah. good story. Like, that's something that should be... No, that should be, like, a, a fact yeah. that, like, people well, know. I, John, more than anyone, loves to bring up the fact that he is an absolute piece of shit. So here we are on an so, uh, Italian <laughs> 70s crime movie, and somehow we're... <laughs> we're talking about Seagal. Wasn't yeah. my fault. I didn't bring it up. <laughs> it's my fault. It was my fault. Yeah, but, yeah, anyways, moving on. So yeah, they and then they're in the. They end up going to that hotel and they meet uh, basically their contact in Milan, who's supposed to help them find yeah, Luca Canali. Like, she's just like their guide, kind of. Yeah, and then she's like, she's at the bar and she's like having this like hilarious dialogue with the bartender about oh how they're whores and how many lira a week they get for turning tricks. Well, she seemed kind of okay. So let me bring that up. She seems a little bit like offended and impressed with how much they brought in like this seems to be a competition between women of the night <laughs> yeah but but Exchange, were they exchanging she, glances those women of the night or what yeah but the but uh, the the woman who takes care of the are the character the main characters she's not a prostitute no, she's, uh, she's just a she's just a guy. Yeah, like she's a guy a that's been hired or whatever. Then they have a connection to like whatever crime family that they're dealing with or whatever. Yeah, she's just kind of the smoke show that just like. But when they go to like the bar with her and stuff, um, I did like 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 this is the part where I'm still thinking that this movie is about the two hitmen, because that's who we're really following it all through the beginning and, of the movie. And just a, a piece of trivia. A, Apparently, uh, Karen Tarantino based his two characters from Pulp Fiction on these two characters. Right, Jewel, Jules and, and um, uh, Vincent. Vincent Vega, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, which, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought of that, but I did read that afterwards, and I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I could uh, I can sort of see that. I mean, because they're cool as hell. Yeah, like and, Silva and Frank Mastro. was more the serious one, whereas Dave, like Vincent's more of the kind of one that's maybe doesn't have his eye on the prize as much yeah yeah he seems like the impetuous one he's like throwing money around he's like trying to get various women to sleep yeah. with him yeah he's stuff. that stereotype of the american that tucker carlson's grandfather there in the beginning was like <laughs> be that guy you know show up with your yeah. make america great again hat and your american flag crocs and let everybody know like, you're oh. there there's so, like oh, another fucking American terrorist. Yeah. What I, what I think is really interesting in that sense is that how they don't 
they don't actually do what they were supposed to do and being the incredibly shitty Americans. I mean, they do that at points. Um, there's well, the Woody Strode is just kind of cool and comical. Yeah. Like, well, right? there's the point where so, yeah. where uh, he's throwing he's throwing money about, right? And the prostitute takes the wallet. Yeah, and he gets in the in the fight, and then but, the bikers. But are, he wouldn't have done that if she didn't take the wallet, right? No. Right. Like they're they're actually. I think we are supposed to think that he that he's kind of more, um, not out of control, but like he's kind of like a playboy well, kind of. It, yeah, he's, he's about having I've, a good time, and Frank's like, "Let's just kill this guy and get the heck out of here," kind of thing. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that you're totally right, Dustin. But what what I'm saying is is that they never actually live up to uh, what we would expect a, a an obnoxious American to be like. I don't know. I, I think Henry Silva kind of does. Yeah, he kind of does kind of what that stereotype would be at that time. I would I would think. Like, what's the thing that puts it over the edge? Well, I don't know. It's just his general behavior is very like. He's not. He doesn't seem like as professional. And he's just like, trying to look like he's trying to get laid the whole time. First, he's trying to get laid in the hotel room with the guy, and yeah, then he's hustling the he blue-haired girl at the, the bar. Right, the blue-haired girl who's not actually. And she's into. She's more into to... into into Frank because Frank's more like the cool, quiet guy. What I'm trying yeah, to say that is that really pisses him off. Yeah, and she's like, oh, I like your buddy. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is, is that like, they're not actually that crazy. No, if you think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, they're they're not like. Over the top, like nuts no. or something. You no. give that, yeah. you give that five years, like, like a cinematic five years. Those guys are completely different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do wish uh, one of the weaknesses in the movie for me, I do wish there was more of them because we have all that beginning stuff, and I kind of liked the way that they were playing off of each other. And just the way they react differently to the situations and stuff. Like once he gets in the fight with the bikers, Woody Strode is like, ah, oh, fuck! Now I gotta get yeah, now I gotta get involved. I, I just wanted to <laughs> lay low until we kill this guy and get out of here. Yeah, well, it, that's the thing. So it's like it starts off like one way, and then it just kind of veers in a completely different way. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, like obviously there's two di- there's two different stories happening here, right? There's the Americans coming, and then there's everything that's happening with the mob trying to find the guy, and that you know that whole story in his life, and then they you know converge at the end with that gunfight, but. It's just kind of like, I don't know. I, I almost feel like, yeah, like what movie is it? Is it the first half of the movie or is it the second half? Because it's. I, I, will, well, uh, I will say, oh, though, God. I do like the introduction of the Luca character where he's like in that park and he like headbutts those guys. And then yeah. the <laughs> cops show up and he's like, like he's slapping them. And then the cops show up and he's like trying to like, oh, he was feeling faint. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he really likes yeah. headbutting people too. I yeah. Say. I mean, he even headbutts the phone at one point. Yeah. <laughs> and he headbutts the windshield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, you know what that reminded me of? Like, I feel like Robocop 2 lifted that. Like, when he's like, <laughs> in, when, when they're like, when Kane's trying to run away from the drug warehouse in that van and Robocop's like on the front of it, he's like smashing the window <laughs> to get him. Right. I feel like they lifted that from the Italian connection. Uh, very well could have. I mean, that's it. I mean, I want to get into that whole car chase because that's probably one of the highlights of the movie. But 
Yeah, I do like that Luca. I, I, um, I like the character. He seems like a real headbutter. Yeah, He's like a I, short, squat I, I don't guy. Know, I like, yeah, like, I know you guys like are bowls, kind of like, you're more around. fascinated by the A story, which is these two hitmen, but I don't know. I kind of like the B story. I kind of like the underdog Luca character, this pimp no, with I the like heart that of gold. Stuff too, mostly because he plays it so well. Yeah, like, like he's, I, I he's guess, fantastic. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I don't think there's an A story or B story. I just think there's two A stories. Yeah. Right. So and the two A stories converge. I mean, that, I think that's something you find too with Italian genre movies is they don't necessarily always conform to the type of storytelling that we see in American movies, right? Like we th- right. we have a certain format that we want things to follow and that we're yeah oh yeah we're used to. I, and they're, I also they're found like, eh. <laughs> like, yeah well, like that's that's my favorite part of watching these films. Like I would say that I'm on the side of the pimp. Like, I want mm. him to succeed in this. I mean, yeah, you, want, you want his to business keep... to do well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, but but that but that has a lot to do with like the the roots that I'm trying to like um, supplant in my neighborhood. Um, <laughs> look, right. Like, I'm I'm trying to. I, I mean, like, he's what's the word like. He's more of a father figure to me. <laughs> I actually, I, I do like the conversation he has with his, his one girl that where he's she's like, I want with. an apartment, and he's like, yeah. well, he's like, what's wrong with this place? He's like, I want to own it, and and then they're like in a debate about who's a whore and not a whore and all this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he's yeah. on the he's on the phone, the blue girl. Yeah, girl who's like a more of a like him. political kind of activist kind of college kid she's not really in the business but he yeah, kind of yeah. wants to recruit her as his like new girl he's trying to convince her that she should work for him yeah. but she's just phoning yeah. like hey just a heads up these american are guys looking are for looking you. for you yeah and okay like, so so hold on there's a really fucked up thing that happens in this though that maybe i'm wrong about but it's that you know he like he wakes up next to that girl mm-hmm. um and then she's like he sorry he says She's off the street and she's in the back of the. Um, it's like a hair uh, salon. Hair she's salon using to bring her her Johns. Yeah, to. yeah, and then yeah. it it and then later it it turns out that the the his daughter uh, mm-hmm. and her mother looks like they run a hair salon. So oh, I didn't know. Well, she she that. works at a yeah, hair salon. So are we are we are we insinuating that uh, it's the same hair salon that he's got his wife working in that his girl's turning tricks well, that's, in? Well, that's, that's an interesting question because yeah. at the end of the movie, when he confronts the, mo- the Italian mobster guy, that guy says about how his wife is a whore, and he's like, my wife is not a whore. Like, you know, he's very clear, like, she's not a part of that world. To, but maybe he's, a, or maybe is he offended because she is. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know, and, and and that's what's interesting is that, like this, this movie is incredibly tight, uh, like from my perspective, uh, where American movies aren't quite as like wrapped up as this. I I don't know. You have to explain more like that. What your definition of a tight movie? Uh, is. but it's tight in the sense that like you're not having like huge confrontations between characters. That are at like say a um, uh, a hair salon or a um, a bordello or whatever the fuck, where they're they're like, don't come in here, don't don't do this. Like this isn't like actually a part of the person that you're after. 
whereas this movie I think actually is like that the where she's working the all the stuff is actually connected is that dumb uh, uh I don't follow like oh so what you're saying is that that is the same salon and it's all interconnected that she's turning tricks, everything. that the girls turning tricks in that yeah that she's, she's like, yeah. yeah like 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 the whore that he's like fucking in that like scene like 20 minutes into the film like he says i have you set up in a, a in a salon like in yeah. the back room like and then his wife works, works in, the in the salon, salon so it's probably this yeah it's salon. all it, it's all connected like yeah it's, it's like yeah it's like 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 i was just gonna say like with rickio i never realized until i listened to the podcast on that episode that he got into the jail to figure out who was trafficking the heroin that was basically responsible for his girlfriend getting killed i never thought of it that way yeah, I mean, I theorized that. It doesn't explicitly. Yeah, tell but like, you that, I like right? it totally fits, Dustin. But I never thought of it like that. And same thing here. I never thought that maybe she f- has so much content, like contempt for him, because he's got his whore turning tricks in her place of business. Exactly, and that's why he's she's so mad at him. That, yeah, that makes that does make a lot of like, sense. Yeah, that's like, why she's like, so contempt. Like she's so mad at him because she's like, no, like I, I'm not a part of this. Like. You already right. have a you already have a nine year old daughter out of me, like I, I just feel like okay listening to that it's like yeah that makes sense that is going like that is putting way too much effort in I feel <laughs> I, th- I like but that's the thing is I feel like these Italian films actually deserve so much more credit than we're giving them like I feel like they're actually trying really hard. I mean, I felt like watching some of these scenes, like we talk about the scene where at the beginning where he goes and headbutts those guys, <laughs> that whole, that whole scene, it felt like, you know, when you like, I don't know, when say like a, a film student or something, you're watching something that a film student, it's like they didn't cut enough off. So it's like everyone's standing there waiting for their cue. I mean, there is some rough around the edges stuff in terms of that. You know, in, well, in a terms lot of, of the which, which stuff. whatever. I mean, like, even I, ed- editing wise, like there's a scene at you know, I think in the final shootout, there's a point where he is shooting his gun and it like cuts too quickly and you don't even get like the audio for the gunshot. You just see him like and, making and the move. I, I, well, there's oh, sorry. There's also stuff where there are like. 25 bullets coming out of things <laughs> like well, it, it, yeah, well, it, it, I'm okay with all that. of that <laughs> is I, I feel like all of that is acceptable because um, I think that this is a truly honest film in which they 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 just made the best movie they could make and uh, right? the director Fernando Delejo is actually kind of regarded as more of the auteur of the people that made these films like a lot of the makers of these movies that made a uh, quantity of them like Delejo were more of journeyman filmmakers like that weren't necessarily Artur level filmmakers like your Fellinis you would have had in Italy at that time or your Bertolucci's they were more journeyman kind of the spaghetti western type filmmakers so Delejo is one actually from a director's standpoint is actually a more one of the more well-regarded directors within that genre 
Yeah, uh, the other the other thing is a lot of these movies are just sleaze fest. Yes, right? like, oh, totally. How much? How much? How many people can we have die? How many? Yeah. How many, naked how many women can we do have? we do we misogynistically treat? Right. How, how many women can we slap around? Yeah, slap around her. Like, like, <laughs> and so yeah. I mean, this one feels kind of restrained, actually, for for, an for yes, it, yes, it, it does, Dustin. And the, the interesting thing about the genre is. Like if you look at all the the hero archetypes, there's not one woman. Like I know with a lot of other like world cinema, like like Asia, like Hong, like Hong Kong, Chinese, um, Japanese cinema. There's a lot of female heroes. Whereas in this genre, there's not really any female heroes yeah. at all. The females are usually either girlfriends or wives of characters that usually or prostitutes. Yeah, prostitutes. <laughs> be damsels in distress for the main character. So what I want to say about that is I thought I felt that that was an like an incredibly lost opportunity where they treat their female characters in this film as totally secondary. Um, I mean it's the 70s. And yes, they, it's it is like, the 70s and that's I, well, I know, the, yeah. But like but yeah. it, it's it's like I'm not going to I'm going to look at this film based on its time but I'm also going to look at this film based on like I wish they did a little bit better because that yeah. that that part of it did suck like that's not that's not to take away from what it yeah, how I'm it, not sure even you know I'm not even sure American movies of this kind yeah. were doing much better in that regard Ab- at the, no at the du- time, Dustin but, you're, you're totally right like you're yeah, like, absolutely right like they American movies at this time were were possibly even worse. Like I like I remember I remember I think it was John a few a few episodes ago you watched in the heat of the night, I think you were talking about it and in that one I remember that was a big deal at the time because Sidney Poitier slapped like yeah. slapped a white person and that was something and, that yeah. had never been done up until that point. Absolutely, yeah, 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 and it and it's about that. It's about the like those things where like you're watching the interaction between like white and black characters um but i mean i think you get at least i mean the trini the, is that her name trini the blue-haired girl yeah trini yeah she's she's at least portrayed as like uh an independent character that's not just like uh, you know another person being used yeah, by the male characters and stuff and then but like the, you know but she's not in it a lot so it's not like we can and she's pretty yeah, loyal to him too, because a lot of the other people that he knows basically turn on him at different points in yeah, the they film. All, they, they all they basically betray him at yeah. some point, right? Yeah, and even his buddy there basically betrays him, and then at the end kind of changes his heart, but it's too late. So even he's even though he's this sleazeball who's like always trying to convince her that he should, she should be a yeah she's a like put your way through college by being a stripper kind of pitch <laughs> yeah he's like you'll get a house you'll get the way you look you'll get all kinds of money yeah. but she's all like, the lira you, know, you want like, to no. spend she says she says I, I gotta be honest with you I find you repugnant <laughs> she says but I'm phoning you because you helped me out with my hospital bills that one time because I know you, like I know you're actually a nice guy even though you're also a sleazeball yeah like I said he's the pimp with a heart of gold. I think that this film was trying to do something that it wasn't quite ready for where they're trying to like break through and be like these women are like with the prostitution and all all that kind of stuff was like they talk about money a lot. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, there was bring yeah, up I mean, lira, lira all the, the time. Yeah, the lira comes up. Yeah, I mean he offers that girl a hundred thousand lira just to come drink with them. 
uh, and, you know, yeah, there's some talk of it between like the the sex worker characters and stuff as well. They're they're telling how much they charged. Like that, that nerdy guy pulls up on the street and he's like, "How much do you charge? How much do you charge?" Blah blah blah. So that stuff comes and up. But what? I was just gonna add to that. Which, that was that's actually a trope in a lot of these these films, these these Polizioteschi films. Is there's always kind of a, a, a scene where they're at some sort of area where there's prostitutes and. A lot of times, there's actually this is one of the few that don't actually have transgender prostitutes. A lot of the a lot of the movies actually, and they only have a scene with prostitutes in a prostitute area, but they have transgender ones as well. This movie does have, uh, I think, something that's possibly the earliest um, gay character. Uh, I don't know about the earliest, but there's definitely yeah, there's definitely that gay waiter character, which, which, which is, is totally right. open and and just out there. Because I just want to add that. They dubbed him that way. Oh yeah, because he so he wasn't necessarily played that way. No, like he could have. They just dubbed him. I don't know if he was played that way, but that's the way they dubbed him, anyways. I mean, that, that's something that comes up too in Italian movies, and not always in a you know. I mean, sometimes it gets pretty problematic, especially in Gialli. There's gay characters or sexually confused characters or transgender characters that are, are portrayed in a way that's like, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think at the time it was. Phobia, the phobias were pretty clear, right? And but, Gialli can be the some of the most misogynistic films you can watch. For sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I do feel like it is it is kind of restrained in this movie compared to a lot of the Italian genre stuff I have watched. Not that this that's a glowing endorsement. No, it's, it's definitely a product of its time. Well, I would say that this movie is possibly not restrained. I, I'd say it's possibly trying to flip that and... And pers- well, yeah, but that's what I mean when I say restrained. Like he's not necessarily trying to just make a full-on exploitation movie. Yeah. He's trying to actually do a, a, a bit of a drama, a crime drama. I mean, just the performance alone of of Mario Adorf. Like by the time he gets to the Italian mobster boss at the end of the movie, and he starts like crying and breaking down and being like, "Why did you do this?" Yeah, to he me? made me like, kill why? so many people. Why'd you make me kill so many yeah, people? Yeah, why did you make me kill people? Like. Yeah, like I actually bought that guy in that. In oh that yeah, movie. like his performance yeah, alone fantastic. makes the movie. Yeah, but I also sure. I, it's it's actually incredibly progressive how they have um, LGBTQ people that are just like side characters. Like, yeah, I mean, I could so, see somebody. That's, I could see a complaint being like, "Oh, he plays it like." Or they dubbed him There's as being a very like a feminine sort of person. Guy. No, but they literally have gay characters in this film. Were yeah. they? Were I don't they think it's that progressive? Yeah, I don't think I saw a movie where the main character is a pimp is a very progressive film. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean that I, sounds like I, a black exploitation movie, and those weren't progressive at all. Our hero's a pimp, and he drives a Cadillac. It's a, a superfly. Yeah, he's superfly, and he sells heroin. He's a good guy, though. No, I mean I get what John is trying to say. Like, they they present some of these characters without comment no yeah whereas yeah. in some some movies they and especially like a Gialli movie they would be like this person is fucking you know uh, bizarre and yeah. weird or yeah whatever. I just I think the best way to put it I, I didn't have those words where they are just yeah they're without comment they're just who they are there's a waiter here and he's a gay character and that's it yeah like I, I think that it would be it will, it's a long time between uh, this film uh, like 1978 or, or and 1972 72 72 yeah. and 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 Hollywood catching up with that yeah. um, I mean and and 
you have Woody Strode too in an Italian movie, and I mean the Italian movies they often had black characters as well, which does seem kind of progressive to me for '72. I mean, I'm not saying that they were trying to be some sort of uh, woke equivalent. No, at I the think time they were just anything, trying to hire anybody that would make movies with them. I think is what right, and and Woody Strode had been in like he'd already done Italian movies, like he was in Once Upon a Time. Yeah, he was in Once Upon a Time. He'd done, I think, some other spaghetti westerns and stuff as well. I think too. Yeah, so uh, I recognized him right away, and I think he's like a total badass. I love how he plays this character. No, yeah, he's movie. he's like he's like you can tell he's like totally like down to business. And Henry Silva's yeah. in a ton of these films. Like he's in probably. Seven or eight of these uh, Pulitzer films. And he's very pro- prolific. He's fun in the movie too, like playing his part as the more wild one, right? Yeah, like the playboy kind of. But I do wish there was more of them. Yeah, there's kind of like you kind of see them, and then they're kind of there's bits and pieces of them. Like there's the part where after Luca escapes from the two of the mob bosses henchmen, and then they show up, and then there's that whole exchange between them and the mob boss where they're like, "Oh, he's like yeah. these men, you beat them up and." He's like, and now they're just bruised, but, you know, like, basically they still don't have the heart for it or whatever. And he's like, you got to kind of, I don't know how you fix that kind of. And then he shoots them in both of them in the yeah, leg. He shoots them, shoots them both. And yeah. then the mob boss, like, takes a gun and kills them both. And he's like, I got more balls than you. Yeah, he's like, I'm more serious about this than yeah. you guys are. Like, shoots his, his own yeah, gun Yeah, shoots his own guys. Yeah. And then, and then Luca kind of meanders through and he gets kind of, he gets keeps on getting sold out by people. Like he goes to that garage to get a gun, and then there's that like guy. There's like yeah, got like yeah. a club foot who's like, oh yeah, I'm not. He's like, yeah, oh, he's like, you don't want this gun. He's like, it's it's hot and all this, and he's like, don't just give me the gun. I got the money and all this, and then he like betrays him and calls henchmen to come get him, and then he ends up killing. Luca ends up killing both of them. Yeah, I like that part because like they're like that gun doesn't have any bullets, and he's just like they're like now come on, let's go to see the boss, and he just like hucks the gun and kills the guy, hits him in the head, and fucking kills him. And kills him apparently. Yeah, and then he shoots the other one with the other gun that he had that he found in the drawer. Yeah, and then I mean, there's lots of fun bits like that. I do, I do feel like the movie is kind of like uh, is a bit sloppy in its storytelling, like because the way that it jumps around, like and maybe then again, that's maybe just us being used to American movies. but but it doesn't like the plot is just kind of it's just yeah like it's not yeah, it's not an amazing it, plot. Yeah. I think the actors pull it off, but like it, it could have been a little better told the story. Yeah, uh, and like I and this one's not one that's like this is probably a top five for me. This isn't my favorite, but I just thought this movie would be a good one to kind of do on the show just because it kind of is a good entry level one that kind of has all the tropes, uh, you know, right. that all these films kind of have. And I like it gives about you the good idea yeah it gives you kind of a sampling of kind of what they're like so if you kind of want to it's like uh what is that starship troopers would you like to know more kind of thing (laughs) yeah right Mm -hmm. yeah let me bust in here and say that i think while this film is not necessarily the absolute pinnacle of what it could be i think it is a i think it's a great addition to what they're looking for i mean it's foreign film not necessarily the most popular thing going on. Like, like they, they're doing this whole thing like over in Italy, right? And basically, at the time uh, in Italy was they didn't really have TV. Like, there was only a couple of channels. So basically, all people did all the time was just go to the movies. So there was this insatiable appetite for films within Italy. So, and this was the pervasive. Basically, uh, this was one of the top genres at the time. This was basically the mo- action movies that everybody would go see. Like. 
you know, we go watch Terminator or Robocop. These guys went and watched this movie or, right, yeah. you know, other types I mean, and of they, movies. And they pumped these things out. Oh, yeah, too. they would I mean, do. Not, not just the, the crime ones. Like, they would just, whatever genre they, they, they see, like, oh, they see, uh, even their own countrymen make a movie. They make, you know, fucking fistful of dollars. Okay, well, now we're going to make, Yeah, like there's, there's the ripoffs. A hundred more of those, right? So, basically, there was three films that basically started the whole genre, uh, kind of this whole genre. There was a movie called Execution Squad. A movie called The Violent Professionals and a movie called High Crime. And basically those three then spurred on all these extra other movies trying to make money off the success of those movies. And it became this whole big, huge kind of movement in Italy for like a 10-year period or so. Let's, do you, want, you guys want to talk about some of the our favorite moments, our favorite scenes? Yeah, for action, sure. Yeah. Scenes and stuff? I mean, I'm just enjoying listening to you guys talk. So. <laughs> well, James, James is just a big you, listener. You got a favorite scene? Yeah, James. What's your favorite Fav- scene? Favorite scene. I mean... I feel like the whole movie, you know, I like the two guys, the Americans, it, you know, it's kind of like, okay, it's trying to tell this story. They're trying to look for the guy. Um, but to me, it really, it really starts to pick up when um, they, the mobsters start actually like getting on like uh, looking for Luke's him? tail. Yeah, looking for him. And then you start getting, you know, you get this scene at the garage and then you get, um, the wife and kid getting run over, like yeah, that. that's the that's the big moment, right? Like yeah, that's, that's we were the big moment. To earlier. And then you you get him. That's when it all switches. It's kind of a right? slow burn, and then it kind of just all of a sudden after yeah, like once, yeah, forty five minutes in, it just goes. Once they get run down, then it's kind of pretty much uh, mostly action. Yes. For the rest of the movie, yeah. right? So once his once once he has that once his wife and kid get run over, and there's that facial expression where he he changes. I stopped to see, okay, how much time's left. Because this is kind of what I was waiting for. Right. So, and it was like, I think there was like 30 minutes left or something like that in the movie. So I'm like, okay, so the rest of the movie is going to be like this. Yeah, and it pretty much is. And it pretty much is, which is what I kind of hoped the whole movie would be, but you know. Yeah, when I picked it, I was like, I kind of picked it, and then I kind of was like, it's, it's like, I was good. But then there was like, I thought of like 12 other movies after that I could have picked. (laughs) <laughs> that I would have been like, oh, I should have picked that movie instead of this movie. But then I was like, I already said James. I was doing this movie, so I could change it. I mean, that moment is brutal, though. Like, yeah. his wife and yeah. kid I, I, on the street I, I think and then the, just mowed down by a van. I think the even more brutal, though, is the part in the junkyard at the end when when he, like, runs over, like, has complete disregard for that woman that was, like, showing them around. That woman, Runs yeah. her over yeah. once, and then you're runs first, you're like, was that an accident? And then he runs her over again, and you're like, no, he just doesn't give a shit. I thought yeah, that was like actually they, they more brutal in front than, than the kid getting run over. The fact that he backed over her once and was like, whatever, and then drove over her again. You hear the thud. It's just kind of... And then they kept showing her body laying there like four or five more times. I was like, that was a little bit more brutal, I thought, than the kid and the, the wife getting run down. I actually thought uh, in that scene that they were actually... Because it, it looks like she's actually laying there. So I thought... That it only—it was like a near miss when he's backing yeah. up. It looks like he almost runs over her for real. <laughs> well, that was the thing with these so. movies. A lot of times they did stuff for real. Like they didn't have stunt doubles a lot of times. Yeah, Mark. Uh, what's the main guy? Mario Adorf. He does his own stunts on the van. Like, yeah, during that van like, chase there, when he's holy on the, shit. he's on the front of it. That's actually the actor. Yeah, like in Italian, really? like Italian culture, it was like this machismo thing to do all of your own stunts and basically all the Americans because they wanted to be respected by like the Italian crews and stuff would just do their own stunts too 
I mean, fuck Tom Cruise. Look at this fat Italian guy doing his own stuff. Yeah, like, on this like greasy, like he's going to slide off because of his grease. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Too much pepperoni. Yeah, grease. like, you know, yeah, exactly. We got to make fun of these Italians while you're, while you're we're still allowed. I'm half Italian, yeah. so I can do it. Oh, okay. I, get, I get a pass. But the, that whole that whole car chase that whole car chase that turns into a foot chase that's that's the yeah. that's probably that's my the favorite scene. The and then he gets yeah, the guy with great. the spike at the end in the neck. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't as bloody as I was expecting for an Italian. Well, this movie, one, yeah. this one, like the earlier ones were a little bit less because this is a real early one, seventy two. But by like seventy six, seventy seven, they really ratcheted up like the blood and the the violence a lot more. Yes. So why didn't you pick one of those? I don't know. I, like I said, I know. I just I picked like I did Ricky Owen. I was like, point, I want an entry point. I mean, there's more. If like if you like what you see, you can you know go for more. That's why it's just a sampler. Fuck the entry point, man. Like, <laughs> I know. I should have like, just went in, with. I should have. I should have picked Contraband, which is one by Lucio Fulci, which is probably the goriest of all these movies because it's a Fulci film and they're all really gory. And that one's from 1980. This is definitely uh, the worst of the three movies you. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I set a high bar, James. Well, hopefully. <laughs> it's a high bar. I mean, I, I enjoyed this movie. Ha, have, like, have me on again. It's... Have me on again. We'll do the wraith, and it'll be better than this. I I really like this movie. I like this movie too. I mean, I just it's not it doesn't have Adam Sandler fart jokes. So James is just out. <laughs> oh, well, I, uh, I'm out. On. I'm out. Listen, I'm out of here. Want, you guys finish. I want this. you to watch a Kevin James. Adam Sandler get married and have a honeymoon joint. I'm trying to think what's... Oh, we haven't talked about the finale yet, though. Like, Oh, there's also the scene where his buddy betrays him. Yeah, and then, and then there's uh, a little his, uh, shootout there, and he's just like... At the end, he's like dying. Luca, I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Right. That's a weird scene, right? Because his buddy's like, no, no. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah. just wants to do, he just wants to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, he, like, he has just, these hitmen <laughs> in the room with silencers, and they're like, basically going to kill him. And he's like, well, I thought we were just going to like... Have a chat. I'm not. I'm not part of this anymore. And then He's he, like, wait a minute. They killed your wife and child. Yeah. Is that true? Like, yeah. I was like, how naive is this? Guy? Like, guys, really? The mob kills people. Really? <laughs> Come on. It's like, and then he ends yeah. up. He ends up getting killed for his trouble. Yeah, he gets killed for his trouble. I think they pull off something that is uh, that can only happen in the 1970s, in which they uh, insinuate that the American mob is more uh, dangerous than the Italian mob. Yeah, that, that is true. In this movie, they they make it kind of like the other way around from what we've seen maybe in a movie like The Godfather or stuff like that. Well, yeah. Or, it hold like on. the Italians are the ones I, above I, I, I would sure. like Hold on. I'd like, I'd like to say, Dustin, or modern news in which the uh, Italian mob is absolutely insane. And will kill anybody at any time, including priests, like John, or teachers. Yeah, John, you're absolutely right. Like they killed, like the Sicilian mafia used to kill prosecutors, and like they they would send like a cop into like Sicily to like clean it up, and they'd kill them. Like they just didn't care. They would blow them up and everything. Like yeah, they just, yeah, they were pretty crazy. They'll kill anyone <laughs> yeah. at any. Time. Well, it sounds like the yeah, they're like the drug cartel, exactly, James. It's like the drug cartels. Yeah, they don't don't make give no fucks. No, they don't give a fuck. Like the only Uh, difference is that like the the Italians aren't as likely to have like a like 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 a eighty nine body count like in a in in an 
uh, unmarked grave. No. Like the Mexicans are. No. They, like, there's always weird things. They never find the heads. Or they find just the heads. It's either they find headless corpses <laughs> or they just find the heads. It's like they put the heads in one spot and then they put the bodies in a different spot. Like if they throw off like the federales or something. Yeah. And if you want to find the heads, um, please send messages to uh, <laughs> Dustin at actionactionpodcast.com. <laughs> wow. Okay. Or, or, or find, uh, follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk about the final that joke here, shield. Yeah, because this is this is actually a pretty good shootout. I think for for the time for the early 1970s, yeah. I think it's fairly well done. Yeah, I like I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, except the Italians are just ruthless, man. Like even the poor. Kitten, like, I'm like, yeah, I watched it. I was like, did the, the cat have to die, man? Like, did you really have to kill the cat? Like, come on. I actually didn't notice that it. It took a oh, bullet. Oh, it took yeah, a bullet. It's, 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 you know, it's walking it. around, meowing, and then it's just like, boom, it's the dead on the hood of the if car. If it had nine lives, they were spent. Yeah, they show <laughs> the dead cat four times. Oh, yeah, I wasn't paying attention, Yeah, they show the dead I cat guess. like four times and the dead Jeez. woman on the Fuck. ground like five times. <laughs> I love it. I love this. It's just like, I mean, that might have been the most brutal kill of the whole movie is the kitten. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're an ancient civilization. Like, you've been around for like, you know, 3,000 years. Let's kill a cat because uh, that's what yeah, no. that's what it takes to get your dick hard. But but I mean at least I don't think the kid actually died in real life, which I can't say for a lot of <laughs> a lot of the other like cannibal holocaust. They actually killed actual animals in the movie. I think the yeah, kid right. wasn't cannibal actually holocaust, killed. They, they chop up. Yeah, the they actually killed real animals in cannibal holocaust and I cannibal ferox. Not for one second did I think that they actually killed a cat. But in some well, movies, like, like no, I mean, like, like, like ever one night just feeling, you know, a little saucy, and you want to pop in Cannibal Holocaust. All those animals died for real, just so you yeah, know. Here's the thing. But I mean, also the director of Cannibal Holocaust was brought up on charges because they thought that he filmed. Yes, actual actually, believe it or not, humans. Blair Witch Project ripped that movie off because they actually but, thought that they killed them because it was so well done. That they actually yeah, had to right. show up on a talk show in Italy to prove that they weren't all murdered. First of all, Blair Witch rules. Um, I can't watch that movie. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I watched it in the theater. I didn't times. like it in 99 and I don't like it now. Yeah. It's I like Godzilla it like 98. It never got better with age. I watched it. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're not comparing Blair Witch to I, Godzilla. I'm no, I'm, sure just, I'm, just, I'm just saying how I personally feel about it, Dustin. I watched it five <laughs> times in the theater. Uh, I love that movie. How many times did you see Blair Titanic, Witch. you old honey dripper, John? Three times. Three times. I only ever saw it once in the theater. Uh, there's this chick. Yeah, I had to see it three times because he came yeah, too fast. There's the this, time. There's those this... Kate Winslet boobs. He couldn't get enough of those Kate Winslet titties. He yeah, there's this, there's this girl. Her name was Amy. Uh, I won't say her last name. Um, she. Gonna protect the. I was trying to uh, get fresh with her, and she was not interested. You were trying to cross her state line. Yeah, the only thing that was uh, positive about that relationship was the fact that I got to see uh, her get, sorry, not her, but someone get painted like the French girls. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, so back to the shootout. I, I don't know. That's a, a fun sequence. Uh, I like, you know, Woody Strode. Throwing cars uh, on push, people. Pushing the car on yeah. them and stuff. And uh, the only thing I was always kind of weird about is like, I like how did he die with the crane? Like was he crushed by the yeah, claw not, or like impaled really or like he just kind of is in it and he's kinda of like, Oh shit and then he, he just kind of up with goes limp and, and you're like, Well, how did he die? Like what was the mechanism of injury? That's what I wanna know. I mean, I assume it had to have crushed him. Uh, so like, you know, 
collapses lungs and ribs and stuff. That's yeah. my new favorite uh, phrase, by the way. The mechanism of injury. <laughs> James. I mean, that's that's one that we can bring up a lot on our show. Let's make sure that we bring that up all the time. What was the mechanism of injury? All right, let's rate this motherfucker. All right. Uh, well, I my reaction was a seven, and uh, my overall score ends up being a six. My reaction is a five, and overall it ends up being a four point eight. Oh, James. <laughs> James. Sorry. I mean. Hey. Okay. You you are, you are what you are. You, you, okay. Listen. Ryan, normally we don't go through, obviously, as you know, we don't go through all of our uh, categories. No, no. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> pacing's not great, so it's a four. Okay? <laughs> hey, so that's, what? Hey, that's high for him. <laughs> that is high. <laughs> John, what do you got? Yeah, so overall, I'm going to give this movie a seven. Uh, that's my reaction. Uh in the end, it gets a 5.6. All right, so Ryan, it's... So my initial reaction was an 8, and then my overall score ends up being a 6.8. So so whose pick is it next week, and what are they doing? <laughs> so... <laughs> well, first, so let's see where this overall, goes. Oh, oh we got to find out, because, yeah, that's right. I My first two cracked the top 50. I don't know if my third pick is going to get so close. I don't think we're going to get there. No. Yeah, so overall, it's a 5.8. Oh, so. it's tied with one fucking... Movie, yeah, it's called Broken Arrow. Oh, that's a fucking <laughs> banger right there. Christian Slater, John Travolta, and a stealth aircraft and a missing nuclear weapon. Oh, so, I, I, you know what? I like that film. That's it's, that's respectable it's, company. It's your pick. Does it go ahead or behind Broken Arrow? Let's just put it ahead, just because. I I want to I gotta, I gotta get closer to the top one hundred here. Because you love <laughs> chaos. Yes, because I love chaos. All Dustin, matters of what's chaos. your pick? Yeah, I guess I would put it ahead just because it's something different on our list and we have other John Woo, John Woo movies on here and movies in that style. I like Broken Arrow. I think it's fun, but I don't think it's an amazing movie. So, James, what do you think? Uh, I'd probably say ahead as well. I don't think Broken Arrow. I think I liked Broken Arrow less than this movie. Yeah, to you, be honest you, with weren't, you. you weren't big on Broken Arrow. At least this is better um, than that piece of shit Liam Neeson movie Dustin picked a while back. <laughs> I just all I want to do is I if I beat that piece of shit Liam Neeson movie that you guys all hated, then I've done my job tonight. Oh uh, yeah, honestly. You absolutely beat that. Good. That's all I want to do. It's a low barometer, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Well, John, it's, what about you? it comes to me. Uh, I'm putting this ahead of Broken Arrow. I think this movie is so much... It's better made. It's a better made film. I think that the thought went... The thought that went into it was was so much better. Um, what are you talking about? You got Howie Long, John Travolta smoking cigarettes all Yeah, the time. but I'm Del loving Roy this. Lindo's in that and Frank Whaley. The guy Del that... Lindo. You know, the guy that... Check out the big brain you know, on what, 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 country? Yeah. You guys are so smart you want to shit on me? Um, I'm just saying that I think that uh, yeah, this, what this this was a great movie. I'm I'm so happy this was brought to my attention. Um, this Italian uh, action style. Well, you gotta check out more of the movies. I should furnish you guys with a list of movies to seek out them. Well, I, I actually would be super excited about it. I I brought this up yesterday when I watched it with my wife. She's just saying like, wow, like I was. I was so excited to just watch this whole other genre of film. 
yeah, some something different. Always fun to do something different on the show. Yeah, and always do something different to just be like to to see something that isn't necessarily what we're expecting as an action film uh, in North America, uh, mm-hmm. especially I, I, like fucking forty years ago. But if I do get another pick, I'll make sure I'll pick something that's more of contemporary 80s 90s north american action just for <laughs> you, gotta, you guys you got to please james yeah james yeah, has got to get pick pleased. something you got to yeah. pick something a little like maybe like bulletproof cuz it's got adam sandler in it yeah you're not getting a, <laughs> yeah. can i just say this right yeah. now you're not getting another pick you're done well that's not up to you that's <laughs> up to done. your brother john you didn't start the podcast john you're just I mean, a, he gets another he you want to leave the podcast by virtue of being yeah. just by virtue oh, of yeah, being oh yeah a yeah subscriber he you actually you got your money taped to my tits john do you want to actually be the new i owe you do you want to actually be the new uh the new host of this, of this podcast. No, I don't. I like the di- I like to be. I like the dynamic of you three. I don't know. I try to quit every week. I know you do, and then you try to sell That's part other of the podcasts. Dynamic. You're like, go on, listen to this podcast. I'm like, why are you telling people to listen to other podcasts, John? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I'm a we- a yeah, that arsonist. is a good question, John. Hmm. We'll uh, talk about this off air. Yeah, I you have. guys. You guys got to deal with this. You got to get your housekeeping in order here. But we gotta we gotta wrap it up, guys, because I really it's, do guys yeah, honestly. So can, okay, you, can so, we do the end spiel? Yeah, I always say. Yeah, do you, what are you guys Ryan, doing next week? Ryan, I want to say it has been <laughs> an absolute pleasure to have you on. Well, this I podcast. should do this again, and next yeah, time I'll have a camera. Can't see you I can't see your stupid <laughs> fucking face, and I wish I could. Well, we'll make it happen it. next time. I'll bring. I'll get a web camera. I'll spend the twenty five dollars at Radio Shack and get a web camera. Radio, yeah, uh, and uh, so flea if, are you fifty? If uh, if people want to find you or get movie recommendations, for yeah, what you, do, from what do you, they do? Uh, oh, I have an you? Instagram account where I post my movie collection and other musings, and it's uh, it's my last day. Sorry, no, it's my first name, last name, and then the last two of my birth year. So it's R A U R Y A N eight six on Instagram. Well, thank you. Yeah, eighty six on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so much, honestly, for for being on this episode. I really enjoyed it. Had a blast, guys. Honestly, and you know we'll have to do it again. Yeah. Thank you. It's been been super awesome. And uh, thank you for your support. Oh no problem. Absolutely. And when you get the OnlyFans (laughs) up and running, hit me up because I want to be the first one to pledge. Okay. All right. Don't, uh, you know, you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is. I, I will put it all of it around my mouth. <laughs> In and around. Uh, so <laughs> next we're going to have another guest on. We're going to have Todd Gaines from Letterboxd. And we are going to do Nobody. Oh, yeah, the new Odenkirk. I, saw, I, am, I just watched that yeah. this week. I didn't uh, imagine it on my Seeks, but it's definitely a Seek for sure. Awesome. Nice. That's awesome, man. You liked it? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I'm... A big fan of Bob Odenkirk. I mean, Better Call Saul. I mean, Breaking Bad. You like he's fantastic. So, Mr. Show, come on. Oh yeah, come and on. the Mr. Show. Him and then the what's his name from uh, Tobias Funky. There, what's his name there? David Cross. Yeah, David Cross. Yeah, I always forget his name. Bob and Dave. Yeah, Bob and Dave. Yeah. Well, thank everybody so much. Thank you so much for like uh, sitting through this for listening. Well, to thanks this. for having me. It was fantastic. I had a blast, and we'll definitely have to do it again one of these days. Dude, you ruled. It was amazing. Go ahead. If you guys ever want to do a recast yes. of, tra- of Trapped in Paradise, I'm your guy. Look, okay, yeah. Justin's got to go to John, bed. So John, do your, I got to go to work. Yeah. John, do your spiel. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much. Please check us out on Instagram, on Patreon, uh, and we will do a special 
Uh, I, th- I we're we're doing a special uh, trapped in paradise. I think next winter, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Guys, guys.